Hey, look, here we are. What is this thing? I'll tell you what this thing is. This thing is show and tell. It's us, Adafruit, and we're here for showing things and telling things. And we have a whole bunch of exciting, great, stupendous, wonderful, terrific guests with amazing projects to show. Uh, can you tell I'm rested and ready? Gosh, these are reflective, these glasses. I'm going to take them off. Uh, I am amped up. So uh, let's take a look at some cool stuff, talk to some good people. Uh, and I will bring on first our very good friend, Kevin Walseth from DigiKey. So you are up. Hello, Kevin. Hey, JP. How are you doing? And the I'm rest of the Adafruit community. Doing great. Thank you. Uh, so what's new? So what's new? You know, we're just we're ticking away here at DigiKeep. We're still shipping packages. Uh, every one of our trucks coming in is still getting fogged. We're still using uh, USB. U oh man, a light the light tunnel to sanitize all of our totes. We have is about that UVC. Yes, the, words are hard today. It's just like, <laughs> I get it. I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, so we're keeping all of our totes clean. We're keeping products out the door, and we're still keeping most of our business people work from home just to keep that warehouse going, making sure we keep people out of the building as much as possible. Everything's going good up here. We're we're nice and quiet in Northern Minnesota. Glad to hear that. So speaking of Northern Minnesota, we do have a work from home intern. Usually our interns would be with us in the office, but sure. due to the current situation, our intern from University of Minnesota Duluth, Grace, is working from home in Minneapolis. So we're gonna bring her on. Uh, we She's been working on a project, so we'll let her talk a little bit about what she's going on. So if you wanna bring on Grace, there she is. Hi, hey, everybody. Thanks for having me, JP. It's good Good to see you. So I'm gonna let Grace talk about the project, but basically what it is is we've taken a project previously done on Adafruit and revamped it to make it even better using Adafruit IO. So Grace, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you did? Yeah, so originally this um, DigiKey development kit was made for DigiKey's IoT. And so I just transferred it over to Atmosphere as well as Adafruit IO. Uh, so it just works the same, um, but uh, instead of uploading with an IoT, you have to write a code with um, Arduino and upload it to the board. So I have it right here. And I'm in northern Minnesota in Thief River Falls with an iPad, and I'm going to control Grace's little house. I'm going to turn it on, hit the little button, and we're going to wait a couple of seconds. There's the light. You can see her room is extremely warm. It uh, looks like it's 89 degrees, 31% humidity. Let's see if I can turn that light off. Sometimes and it takes a moment. There, there we go. it goes. And that, we do have a door indicator. There's a little door on it. If she opens the door, it's going to... The alarm's going to go off, and it hits the door sensor. Yep. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool how you can use Adafruit I.O. to control things, obviously, over the web. Mm -hmm. uh, really robust platform, and Adafruit for working on it. And she has a fan in there trying to cool off her room, and it's not working, I don't think. The fan's attacking yeah. the house. <laughs> yeah, it was hitting one of the wires just now, so. <laughs> so you had originally, you said this was originally using... Um, BLE, but now you've updated to uh, use Wi-Fi to connect. Is that right? Yeah. So with Adafruit.io, I was able to use some of their libraries on Arduino. And I just kind of, you know, chopped up, deconstructed them and put them back together to make this program. That's excellent. Very cool. Yeah, she did a great job. And she gave her this project to do and just like, hey, you should take a look at this. A couple of days later, oh, I have it working. It's pretty amazing how how well for one arduino works and then uh using the the whole feather ecosystem to get That's it working on is this a project that, that people can go online and check out uh the the sort of modified version of it will you be posting uh updated code for that yes uh grace go ahead i don't need yeah to so the uh guide guidebook or uh guide page i guess is now live on maker.io for DigiKey, um, and I'll update it if there's any bugs. Um, so I'll look at that probably whenever anybody has any comments. Yeah, so if you just go check out maker.io and it should be one of the newest projects on there. Uh, like I said, she did a great job. There's also a lot of other cool Adafruit projects on that site. 
And it's pretty easy because you can go on there and just click add to cart and it will add all the parts to your shop, your DigiKey shopping cart. Oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah. Great. Well, thank you, Grace, for uh, for showing the project. That sounds very cool. Uh, and uh, thank you, Kevin, for uh, for coming on as well. And we'll see you guys uh, next time around. Hope you bring some Anytime. projects on. Oh, right, thank you. We hope everybody uh, safe and happy holiday weekend. Thank you so much. All right. We'll see you guys. Take Bye. care. Bye. All right. Very cool stuff. Uh, so we have, let's see, if uh, if people are, uh, I know some people are looking to jump in and show projects and the room is full now. So uh, once people uh, go, they will typically uh, leave the, the stream yard and that should open up a space. So just try again right around the time when you see someone uh, logging off. Uh, if you want to jump on and show your project, we have a full uh, hour time slot today. So if we have uh, enough people to, to use the whole hour, we'll do it. Um, so let's see, with that said, uh, how about we'll bring on Paint Your Dragon. Uh, and one of the fun things is that I uh, have no idea what most people are showing today. So this will be a mystery. Uh, so let's see what Paint Your Dragon has got in store. Hey. Yeah. Hi, you're so animated today. <laughs> Feeling really amped, I don't know why. But... Yeah, hey, so I have been working with, um, this uh, little uh, camera, uh, I, I forget the company who makes it, the OV7670 camera. And uh, it, it's a super inexpensive um, color, uh, can go up to VGA resolution 640 by 480. And people have been you know, interfacing these on Arduino for, for a while now, a number of years. But the thing is most microcontrollers are so uh, you know, pokey that you, you're lucky to get like one still off of it. So I've been working on an, uh, some new code to interface it to the uh, SAMD51 on the Grand Central. And uh, it's crazy. You can do like full full video uh, off the camera to the display, um, you know, real time. Uh, it, it's, it's nuts. Wow, that is bonkers. Yeah, that you're getting that kind of throughput on that with no no like tearing or anything like that. There is a little bit of tearing, but that's actually between the the SPI and the screen. That's not 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 a camera problem. Right. Not camera. Um, but we can get full full video off of it. It's just you only have enough RAM for uh, for maybe one one frame. So um, we'll probably be working at a lower resolution in the end. Uh, I think Lamore wanted to use this for, uh, you know, we have all the, the machine learning stuff that maybe we'll be able to do some kind of uh, basic uh, object recognition would be really interesting. I have no idea, mm -hmm. but uh, I think that's the end goal. Though personally for me, the, the lens is adjustable on this. It's threaded and you can, you can change the focus. And of course I'm obsessed with uh, my idea is I want I want to try doing uh, eye tracking with it because uh, I, I like like creature ah, stuff with eyes, right? Sure, sure. So you could have a um, you know a performer and uh, some some kind of creature with the right. eye. But anyway, and, step one is getting the video off the camera, processing yeah. it in real time. Oh, that's exciting. So uh, not to jump ahead too much, but yeah, with the with the notion of being able to selectively focus it, are you thinking of? putting a camera facing a performer inside of a monster costume and, and watching eye position, maybe? Something like that, yeah, we'll see. I don't, yeah. it's just just ideas at this point, but uh, really getting the video off the camera is working and I'm yeah. very happy with that. And is this um, gonna be Arduino code that is uh, accomplishing this? How are you? Step one, yeah, is gonna be an Arduino library, uh, kind of like um, the, the, the matrix library that we did. Start start with Arduino, and then when we have it working there, there's almost certainly going to be something for uh, Circuit Python following yeah. that. Oh, that's exciting! Yeah, yeah, very cool. So, uh, thank you so much for bringing that by. Exciting to see. I, I know you've been talking about this, but this is the first time I think I've seen a demo of of that kind of yeah. Video it's video. I've been working on it for weeks. It's just that <laughs> that I keep running into these walls, and it's like finally I got it. It's running, it's solid. I leave it running overnight. I come back yeah. in the morning, it's still running. It hasn't crashed. So I'm pretty excited about it. That's terrific. And, and the interface to it, you said, is it SPI that it's? The screen, uh, or I'm sorry, the camera has, uh, it's a parallel 8-bit interface and there's a special peripheral on the SAMD51 oh, for, right. uh, for talking to that okay. uh, very quickly. And then the, the display here is SPI, mm -hmm. which we're like 
overclocking crazy 50 megahertz stuff. Uh, and that's how we're able to get the two talking very quickly. Really cool. Very cool stuff. Thank you uh, for bringing that. And I can imagine it won't be long before you're also interfacing that to giant LED matrices as well for uh, crazy video walls or something. Almost certainly, yeah. <laughs> Inevitable, I think. Almost certainly, good. All right, thanks, Phil. We'll see you next you time. You bet. Thank you. All right. Uh, let's see, going in uh, order of, of who I've got up on my screen here, I have Scott uh, and Scott's screen. So that's a little preparation for you to get ready and uh, compose yourself. Uh, and there's Scott. Hello. I think that would be the singularity when you get both the buttery smooth camera stuff and the RGB matrix stuff all together in once. Yeah, and eyeballs. So and eyeballs, of course. <laughs> it's an intersection of filmness. Yeah. So uh, What's what going I wanted on with you today. Uh, I'm I wrapped up the bus IO stuff. It's almost done uh, for for ESP thirty two S two. So we'll be able to do spy as grid C and UART, which is super exciting. And the next thing on my list is Wi Fi because you know, it's a Wi-Fi chip, <laughs> uh, people would be missing that. So I've started poking around at our libraries and I've been uh, kind of trying to do two things. One, make it more memory efficient. So Adafruit requests in particular uh, that folks may have used with like the Pi Portal or the Airlift stuff. Um, I wanna reduce the like peak memory usage if you do like a request. So. Um, for example, if you're loading a big JSON thing, you shouldn't have to have the whole JSON file before we start like making it, in, mm. it into the individual bits. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to do is make sure that our APIs are the same as CPython. Um, and the way that I'm doing that, if you show my, my terminal here, is I'm uh, taking Adafruit requests and I'm doing a, uh, I'm making examples that, that run on CPython so I can test the Adafruit request library on CPython, and then I can use it with like CPython's normal socket. So this is uh, just an example that does a bunch of just test uh, fetches from different things. And um, one of the things that we have in our socket implementation right now that we don't want to have in the future is a, a read line function, which is its job is to like look to the end of the line and, and parse it up. Um, and I've re-implemented that in a way that we have a bunch of small chunks that we we hold on to individually until we have a full line. Um, so what I've been doing is I can just run this example. And um, what you can see here is that uh, I'm currently printing out the like chunks that I'm loading stuff in. Um, but it is working when it comes to HTTP. And I'm still poking the HTTPS stuff, um, but making progress there. Um, so once I figure out what the APIs will be, then I'll implement them on ESP and uh, kind of move, reorganize all the other stuff too while I'm at it. Excellent. Oh, good. Well, yeah. thank you for, uh, for for bringing that on. And if people want to watch this happening in real time, you've been doing uh, live streams. Do you have one uh, coming up this week? Yeah, I'm planning on live streaming on Friday. I think there might be house cleaners here while I'm doing it, so it might be a bit noisy. Uh, but I'll just like lock myself into the room like I normally do. Uh, but yeah, I think I'll do Friday at uh, 2 p.m. Pacific, uh, which is my normal time. If I choose to take Friday off, then I do it on Thursday after your shows at 3 p.m. Uh, but this week, uh, the plan is Friday, and uh, we could probably start getting into actually doing some of the Wi-Fi stuff. Awesome. Very cool. Exciting. Mm -hmm. Thank you for uh, for what you're doing. It makes life easier for the people who are uh, going to want to make projects with it later, like me. So yeah, I think the ESPS two is going to be a really interesting chip as it mature, as like all of our software support matures. Mm -hmm. Like as we add, make sure we it's high speed. Make sure it can do kind of low power. Make sure it can take advantage of external RAM. Mm -hmm. um, be really interesting. The native. What's the DAC situation on that one? I've never looked. I don't think it's very good. I think there is one, um, but I don't think it's very good. Um, I haven't I haven't looked at it yet, so I don't know. Right on. But that might be the weakest part, actually. We'll see. Got it. Okay, but good. We could do I2S, and then you could put a DAC on it. Uh -huh. That was good. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you, and uh, thanks for bringing <laughs> that on. And people can uh, look forward to more on Friday. Yeah. See you there. All right, coming up next, we have Chris Young. I see a Chris Young camera uh, right here. Let's bring that on. Hello, Chris. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, what we've got here is a project I've been working on for quite a while now, or at least 
run through my head. We have two pie gamers, and even though they're sitting next to one another, they actually have an RFM 69 uh, radio wing on the back. And I've created a two-player game engine for creating two-player games that are connected over RF. And so this demo is a battleship game. And uh, on the left machine here, I'm going to randomly place the ships. Hang on a second. Wake up. Press alpha. Press enter. Press alpha. Press enter. Go to sleep. Go back to the full screen, please. Press alpha, press enter, go to sleep. Wake up, press alpha, press enter, go to sleep. Okay, so now it's uh, it, I'm set up to do a demo mode where four of the ships on the right side are already pre-sunk so that we don't have to sit here and play a whole game. Of course, you can hear this sound effect. They're loaded onto an SD card uh, on the back of each one of them. And uh, then it switches to the other guy's turn. Fire. And he fires. So anyway, the thing is really very modular. It's written in Object C++. And you have this basic core engine. And all you have to do is write the routines that refer to your particular game. So I started out with a, something that was completely text-based on the um, stereo monitor, and it would just send messages back and forth. Then I did a tic-tac-toe game. Game over, man. Game over. There you go. Game over. Uh, anyway. Um, That's excellent. Uh, so it, it also, the RF module, that code, is modular so that I could perhaps come up with a, a Bluetooth module that you could drop in and it would um, and it would just uh, you wouldn't have to rewrite the game for a different kind of of uh, communication system. Oh, that's terrific. Yeah. Chris, are you uh, plugging in uh, feather wings on the back to use those modules like the RFM or the Bluetooth? Is that uh, yeah, the they're, they're feather wings? Mm -hmm. the, the RF modules are a feather. And uh, it just plugs on the back of the Pi Gamer. I have a little three-inch piece of wire for a whip antenna. I didn't even go fancy on the antennas. And, uh, but it's, it's been a lot of fun. I've got the learning guide about 90% done. Oh, great. And, I was going to uh, ask. That's really maybe excellent. Up by this time next week. I've still got to grab screen grabs and uh, put them in there to fancy it up a little bit. But uh, I had to... Uh, because I can't work the buttons in the joystick, I created an alternate interface on my serial monitors where I can just type in the letters and move it around. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was pretty easy to do. So uh, I'll take that out of the final version because uh, you don't have to be connected to, to do it, you know. Mm -hmm. But anyway, it's been a lot of fun. And uh, I'm hoping we get some people interested and write some more games for it. Like I yeah, said, that's... C++, I'm sorry. I'm not a circuit Python guy. I'm just too <laughs> old school. Maybe somebody else will come along and translate it, and that would make me happy. But uh, for now, uh, we're going to stick with the C. Really impressive. Yeah, it's one of the first times I've seen uh, that type of multiplayer gaming done with the, the Pi Gamers, uh, especially using uh, something like C++. I think I've seen it in make code with a wired uh, version. There's like a... a wired cable to do make code arcade stuff, but uh, yeah. that's one of the first wireless uh, multiplayer yeah, games. Yeah, well, wireless. You don't want to be connected by a cable. That's no fun. Now, sure. I also, I'll see if I, it will port to the Pi Badge or the Clue, because it's mm -hmm. all based on the Arcadia library, and mm -hmm. I haven't played with that yet. But I've got a Pi Badge, and I've got a couple of Clues. I, I just got them. Before that, I was clueless. <laughs> and, <laughs> I'm glad you got a Clue, Chris. <laughs> All right, that's it for now. Excellent. Thank you so much for bringing that by. We look forward to the guide. Really great work. Okay. See ya.
Wow. Okay. Very impressive. Uh, I, I really look forward to trying that out. That looks fun. Uh, all right. Next up, we've got our friend Liz, Blitz City DIY. So welcome, Liz. How's it going? And let's see, we've got you on mute. Yeah. Sorry. I had started to share my screen. It blocked my mic. Right um, on. Let me so, bring your screen on. Yes, please. Okay. Uh, so last week I showed um, a paper circuit I was working on. Uh, and so I cut out the paper with circuit, uh, a cricket, sorry. Um, and this weekend I soldered it um, and it worked. Uh, so I cut out the copper paper uh, with the cricket as well um, using through hole components. Um, it's just a simple uh, LED like blinking circuit. Uh, and I was impressed that the paper didn't catch on fire. Um, <laughs> uh, but it, it went a lot smoother than I thought it would. Uh, and I'm excited to do a little bit more experimentation. Um, I want to try acrylic in place of the paper and try mm. some different kinds of circuits too. Um, so, and I'll be sharing the files if people want to try it out on their own if they have a Cricut. Um, and yeah. Great. Yeah. And so you're, you're, um, starting out with a piece of adhesive copper foil yes. and feeding that into your Cricut machine to cut? Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm taking the DXF file out of Eagle, um, converting that to an SVG, and then bring it into the uh, Cricut uh, design space. Um, with a little cleanup, you can um, cut it out. Uh, so I make it so that it's just cutting out the traces on the copper and then on the paper. Um, it's cutting the board outline. Um, it's also drawing uh, with a pen the uh, traces and the component placement. And then it's also cutting out the holes for the components too. And I used um, this fun tool um, to poke the holes um, from the paper into the foil because the foil was a little bit too fine um, to cut it with the Cricut. It was kind of peeling up. So using uh -huh. this, you can just get it through. So Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's really cool. Thanks. Yeah. I'm, ex I'm excited. It's also... Um, I hadn't looked a lot at Chibitronic stuff, but mm -hmm. they're doing like really insane like paper craft things with electronics. And so yeah. I think it's really like, I'd love to see more people explore that that space because it, it's some really yeah. cool stuff out there. That's terrific. Yeah, so uh, you're thinking of acrylic uh, as well where you could do maybe some see-through circuits, which would be fun. Yeah, definitely. I think with that too, you can maybe experiment with like double-sided circuits too, where you have both sides yeah. of the board. Oh, that's excellent. Very cool. And you know what? Uh, something I've never really played much with is those silver conductive pens, but I wonder if you could uh, lay down tracks to kind of pour pour paint pen stuff into to Ooh, that to would do, be uh, kind of grooves. That would be really cool. Yeah. yeah. I think there's a whole world of possibilities with this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's terrific. I'd love to try this one out. My daughter has a Cricut and uh, we nice. use it for, for craft stuff, but we haven't done any electronics with it. So uh, yeah. I, um, I'm glad you're bringing a, a new use to it, uh, to the world. So thank you. Yeah. No problem. Cool. Very cool. Okay. Well, we'll see you the next time. Cool. Have a good one. All right. Uh, let's see. Next up, we have Bruce. Hello, Bruce. Hello. Welcome. Uh, so I'm getting uh, rather rather interested in Raspberry Pi based uh, surveillance cameras. So both of these are based on a Pi Zero W. But anyone who's gotten into surveillance cameras knows the big thing is PoE, and you can do that. You can get a OTG Ethernet adapter, and you can get a PoE uh, to five volt adapter. They call it a it's a splitter. So but then you end up with this mess where you've got these extra wires and it's all, it's a lot to manage. So what I wanted to share is the fact that nobody makes an, a PoE to micro USB power and data adapter. Um, but if you just take the guts of both of these, then you can combine them and get something like this. And so, this is the, the same same circuit boards um, on the OTG to Ethernet adapter. I desoldered the Ethernet plug, and that was the hardest part because that's got eight pins for the Ethernet, even though this is only using four. Um, and then it has two LEDs on it as well, and you have to desolder all of them or just rip them off. Um, but then, so the 5-volt from the converter, you can see, is just 
bypassing around to then be soldered directly into the OTG. So if you plug this into uh, a Pi Zero, you get it shows you know it shows up as an Ethernet, and you get the five volt power just from one connector. Um, and so I've got the I designed this case, which is basically the minimum size to fit around it. And I've also experimented with doing uh, inlay. So this is just the first two layers in one color, and then you reprint it with another color. Um, the reason why I wanted to share this is to, to well, the next step for this is to try to just make it from scratch, um, you know, make, make the PCB design from scratch with all the components on one board so that you go from PoE straight to the micro USB. Um, I'm that's beyond my skills. I've done I've done PCB design. I'm starting to get into it, but that's beyond my skills. And um, I'm going to share the the files for this case on prusaprinters.org and uh, possibly Thingiverse and the OTG adapter and the PoE splitter. They seem to be fairly uh, fairly normal components. I mean, I, I've been able to order them several times through Amazon. And uh, so I'll, I'll link those from where I post the files. But uh, I'm hoping that someone takes an interest in this and is willing to help me out with, uh, with just combining these into a single thing. It's not necessarily cost effective. If you want a PoE camera, just buy a PoE camera. <laughs> but this gives you a lot more flexibility and control. Very cool. Nice, uh, nice way to make the thing you wanted, even though the rest of the world wasn't there yet. So, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, someone Thanks. will get inspired uh, and maybe make uh, make the device you're looking for. But uh, that's that's exciting that you've uh, you've got it built yourself. And so, to clarify, you've got power over internet uh, as well as Ethernet going over that, which normally is two separate things, right? Right. So, so norm. So, if you do it you know, the non-modding way, you have two different devices. This one takes the 48 volt, and, and, and this is an active PoE, um, so it'll tell the switch, hi, I'm here, please give me power. Um, the switch will provide, or the PoE injector will provide 48 volts. And so this has a DC-ADC built into it. And uh, normally you don't see these wires coming out. Normally there's a, there's a molding or whatever, I cut that away. So you can see here that it's just it's just two two separate wires. You've got the power and then you've got the ethernet. So then you would take the ethernet and plug it into whatever your ethernet thing is. You would take the power and well, I mean you see here it's two micro USB. Right. But now with this module the data and the power are just on one. Mhm. Mm Freeing up another uh, port for data of uh, OTG on the Pi as well, right? Uh, well, no, because the Pi Zero only has the Pi Zero. You can you can provide power on either of them, but only one of them has data. Oh, right. There's a power only one. Yeah. Right. So you have to plug this into the one with data. Got it. Very uh, cool. So, Nicely done. Good hack. And uh, and thanks for uh, for sharing it and building up a, a cool case for it. Uh, and you said people will be able to find that on uh, the Prusa. Yeah, prusaprinters.org and Thingiverse. Um, so my hand, look for B-R-W-A-I-N-E-R. -E um, it'll probably be something like, um, the, the, the title will be descriptive. Excellent. Great. Well, thanks for bringing that by. And uh, come on by again if you, uh, if you make any uh, modifications or updates or shrink it down even further. Yeah. All right. Okay. Thank you. We'll see you. Very cool. All right. Uh, so let's see. Before we go to uh, Noah and Pedro, I can see their little thumbnail. Give me a thumbs up if you have something to show, because sometimes you guys are on for note taking. So Noah and Pedro, are you guys? Yes, you are. All right. Here you are. Let me, uh, let me give you the thumbs up. Hey, John. Hey, John. I wasn't sure I don't if think, you were like, no, I no, don't, don't, don't. I don't, have any I don't think we're, we're taking notes this week. <laughs> yeah, I hope we're not taking notes this week. Uh -oh, we I didn't take notes. Right, so this week was an update to Dylan Harada's awesome bike, auto bike braking project for the Circuit Playground Express and the Blue Fruit one. We're using the Blue Fruit one here. So all we did was make a mount so that it can go onto our bike because he made one that goes onto the bottom of a seat. We made one that goes onto the uh, seat post or stem, whatever people call it. 
And it's just simply a little holder that has the little 500 milliamp hour battery and a slide switch on there. And we're using our, um, plug that, the tripod accessories that we have in the store. So we have the three eighths to quarter 20. I've been saying that wrong all day. And then the uh, quarter 20 to quarter 20 adapter since the part of the carbonate acrylic case for the CPX has one attached on there. And here's what it looks like um, just without everything assembled. So nice little case for that. And he did a really good job on uh, getting this to, I can't really demo it here, but when your bike is in motion, uh, it's uh, the LEDs are nice and solid. And then when it comes to a stop, the built-in accelerometer on there will sense it and it'll start blinking red. And it gave my legs quite a workout getting that to uh, record and all that. So nice, excellent project on there. Did it all in circuit cool. Python. He does a nice little code walkthrough, so you can check that out. Nice little update to his code. And then since you're hosting, I wanted to show you a couple of the parts that you've uh, had me print out for your updated Lucio Blaster. So here, yeah. I forgot what the name of this one is, but one of the techniques I've been using is instead of having like support materials everywhere, I've just been slicing these guys in half. And that's uh, terrific. yeah, so yeah, I forgot what, uh, one of the, like the right one or the left mount for like the, one in that part right yeah. there where these uh, side speakers are. Yeah, I forget the name that you uh, called it for the color scheme, but it is super rad. It's like red and like orange. <laughs> and dark grays. Dark grays, yeah. So I will be shipping these out. I think it's printing the last orange one. I got like one or two more of those big uh, black um, pieces left to print out. Um, I said I would glue them for you, but I ran out of time. <laughs> I think like three no of the worries, printers no, busted. So yeah, I got a um, bunch of these so all split cool up. That's a cool uh, thing for, I don't know if you guys have shown this in guides before, but um, I, I had yeah. parts that needed a lot of support for some of mm -hmm. them. And you were like, forget this, I'm just slicing them. Yeah, yeah, I don't think we ever talked about that. Yeah, so like you can see here, this would have required so many supports just because it's so organic, you know, the way that you have it all flowing. So just chopping it in half and seeing what, you know, can go flat on the bed. And then just having a little bit of supports like uh, for the 90 degree um, overhangs. Mm -hmm. Oh, right. then yeah we'll have these nice shipped out like friday i believe oh yeah and then the brims excellent so to remove so yeah, lots of yeah, cool, cool parts you, coming your way uh, add a little note to to that guide or just do one on your uh, on your own at some point about some of your yeah, methods yeah. for doing the slicing and and your strategies as well as just which software uh, you like to use to do that that would be cool totally yeah all right cool and that's pretty much all we have yeah if, unless you want to see some demos on some midi stuff probably uh, yes we've got a yeah. drum pad okay. here what do you got going on with that yeah so let's see if we can fix the camera this one just bring it up yeah so we're, we're working on a collab project with liz this is uh the 12 volt solenoids and we're trying to make a drum robot so liz put together um the xylophone robot so we thought we'd do the, the drum next because we're going to kind of do a thing. Let's see. Uh, is it working? And it's not working. There it goes. So right now it's running some uh, USB MIDI code that Liz wrote. And I'm running it off of this guy right here. So we have the, the Feather uh, NRF52840 and a Darlington driver to drive the 12 volt solenoids. And then we're just feeding uh, some 12 volts power supply from the wall into this little DC jack thing. And um, it's I'm just playing it on my keyboard, doing some MIDI tricks. It's really nice because it uses the monotonic time. So you can do like two notes at the same time. So there's not much uh, latency there. It's pretty quick. And um, yeah, we need to get uh, the next the next step is to kind of uh, make a mechanism to, to, to strike it with an actual drumstick so we can do some cymbals. Very cool. I also like your use of uh, the eighty twenty aluminum as a, a, a foundation. Oh, for yes, yes, that's right. The, this twenty twenty, I think. Yeah, twenty twenty, and 2020. Uh, yeah, it's it was pretty much like the same setup uh, that we did for the Xylo Pi, just a little bit different because they're bigger solenoids, right? Yeah, those are fun. So that's what we have. <laughs> so. Very nice. Good. Well, we're looking forward to seeing that as it uh, as it evolves and uh, and. Uh, in your collaboration with Liz, that'll be very cool. Yeah, well, thanks. And then plug for 3D Hangouts happened earlier today. We do a whole hour of design stuff. You can see a lot of the progress and code walkthroughs on all these projects. Cool. Excellent. Good. Hey, all thanks. right. Well, thanks, thanks John. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. We'll see you next time.
All right. Uh, next up we have, let's see, what's our time looking like? We're pretty good on time. So uh, we'll bring Tim on and see what Tim is up to. Hey, Tim. Hey, so so last week I was uh, sharing a little bit with a uh, vacuum tube radio I was working on and working on vacuum tubes is new to me. So that's an excuse to get more test equipment. Mm. So I bought this vacuum tube tester, which if you can see up close is actually a, uh, oh, where is it? Somewhere. Oh, uh, there we go at the top. It's a, it's a Heath kit. So, uh, they were kind of fading out when I was a kid, but in some ways they were like the the proto version of a lot of the uh, of Adafruit, a lot of the the maker community selling mm -hmm. electronics kits. So the heart of this thing is actually a transformer that has about thirteen taps in one of the secondaries um, to get the different filament voltages for the tubes. The rest of the circuit is pretty pretty simple. So I just had to replace some. Uh, out of tolerance resistors and things, and then uh, fire it up, and there was no uh, no smoke or flame. But basically, you plug in a tube, you use this uh, this little wheel here to kind of dial up, you know, which tube you're using, and set the dials and switches appropriately, and then uh, test it. And it can tell you basically if the tube is good, sort of weak, or or bad. So. Uh, more test equipment to use a very short period of time or very briefly and then spend most of its time on on the shelf where I don't have space. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I got to say, it's a, it's a pretty cool looking machine, and I think you'll get uh, get much joy out of it even when you're not using it, I'm, I'm going to suspect. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> well, good. Uh, we'd love to see a demo of it sometime, maybe once you get uh, get rolling. There we go. And once I figure out how to, make it, how to use it. <laughs> Yeah. That'll, yeah. Be a fun, that'll be a fun project. Uh, good. Come on and show us. <laughs> Great. We'll do. Thanks. All right. See you. Okay. Next up, we have uh, John O. Get John O on here. Hey, John. Hey, good day. Am I volume okay? Sounds very good. All right. Excellent. I've got two things to show off today. They're sort of related. Um, the first one. John, I want to thank you personally for this one because this is completely based upon something you did a couple years ago. This is the quick and easy lightsaber. Ah, excellent. We're talking the um, protective tube for fluorescent lights, a bit of plumbing, yeah. and hiding in here is a battery and a Gemma and a really chunky out outboard switch. Yeah. It's coming, Chris. And then just some simple code. There's a whole backstory. I won't bore you guys and take up a bunch of time about it. But um, basically, I went to the Disney um, Halloween party a couple years ago. And they have lots of rules about what you can and cannot bring with you. And I didn't want to bring one of my other lightsabers with me. Um, just in case they would tell me you got to store it or you got to take it back to your hotel. And I figured if they didn't like this, <laughs> um, I could just strip the electronics out of it, which are the actual important part. The rest yeah. of this costs. This was discount at a at a going out of business sale for like two bucks. <laughs> it's the and semi this like three bucks. <laughs> so the entire thing is disposable. It's held together with. Um, black duct tape uh -huh. and USB wires, and there's alligator clips inside from the Gemma to yeah. the LED strip. And yet, at night at Disneyland, it probably looks just as amazing as as any lightsaber. So. I had people asking me about it, and I'm telling them that it's basically a pile of junk <laughs> strung together, and they'd go, "No, it looks amazing." Uh, and I'd be like, "Going, it's bent. It's got." tape on the tip rather than a clear tip. <laughs> um, Very cool. But the thing that I'm actually signed on to show you guys is this started out duplicating an Adam Savage one day build. So if you want to switch to my shared screen, sure I got then. photos because they doing it during the day would be a pain. Um, is I built, built a essentially a sword rack for my lightsabers. Only I wasn't going to go just stay simple with it being a set of 
a wrap for them. Um, okay, th this is for Adam. You can never have too many clamps, and I don't have enough clamps. <sighs> Trying to hold it together. Um, I had problems with the soldering because I'm using four millimeter wide LED strips to fit because it turned out I had the wrong material for the frame. I thought I had three quarter, I only had five eighths. <sighs> so it was like, oops. But on the back is a Circuit Playground Express. I'm gonna take some copper foil and put those to the edge so you can just touch the edge of the um, frame and change the colors. And I wanna thank you for yesterday or day before's um, make code session because I could not get a, um, skip past this one, but this is it before I've got the poster and all my lightsabers lit up. And then this is where it's living right now. Um, and then, so you can be light side and have blue, or you can be dark side and have red. That's really cool. Um, I could not get the code to work to um, do um, marquee lighting around it. Um, I'm not that good in make code yet, so I'm gonna rerun your session and figure out how to take what you did in that session just a day or two ago and turn that into it. Great. And then this is it in blue with all the sabers on it. I got space for one more, which we have one in storage. Um, and yeah, oh, no, I've overrun the end of my slideshow. Never mind. Really? <laughs> that was a real mess amazing. up when I was building it. <laughs> I don't know how many individual pixels I lost trying to, to make it work because I could not find my good um, soldering iron to get the tabs together because I need to put two strips around it. But really nicely done. That looks cool. And uh, yeah, well, that's exciting that you're uh, you're able to go back, check that uh, make code session to see if, if that uh, helps out with uh, your marquee lighting. And you can also post in uh, like on our Discord or on our forums if you have questions and we can. That, that's what I figure I'm going to do. I'll review it. Um, you had the walking LEDs as part of it. So right. I figure I can turn that into moving like sets of four at a time around it and mm -hmm. space them out. Very cool. Awesome. Right. It's just lightsaberville over there. Thanks for, uh, yeah. thanks for coming on, John, and showing us the, the different projects. Really nice. All right. Thank you. Thanks a lot. All right. Uh, next up, we have Inspired Chaos. Thanks for uh, being patient. We'll bring you on right now. Hey, how you doing? Good, good, good. How you doing, John? So I saw, well, I've been, it was on a, a little over a month ago, and I had this uh, five fader uh, WS2811 Neo, NeoPixel um, controller deal. And I saw your latest make code minute, and I was pleased. Right on. <laughs> um, and since then, my project continues, and I went and uh, decided to adopt another person's uh, product, which is a Teensy-based audio uh, response um, animation tool by a guy, a website called diode.dev. They uh, sell on, oh, anyway. So anyway, I'm really proud of this box because I just finished physically making this thing. This is the, the housing for it. It's the Blorgan. Blorgan is the name I call my light controllers, blinking light organ sort of thing. And um, yeah, as you can see, I've got the Neo Trellis in there, which is like, yeah, we've got an LCD. Um, and then all these crazy inputs, you know, I've got like a crossfader. Uh, this is a big selector switch for changing modes. This is a digital encoder. Uh, we got the microphone up here for, and of course has uh, direct audio into, um, oh, joystick. Of course we got the Adafruit joystick, Adafruit joystick down there. So <laughs> I just wanted to show this off because all my sweat has gone into this making That's the box. awesome. That thing has everything. It has so many inputs. It's fantastic. And uh, so it's not, but it's not wired yet. So I've got, <laughs> but the brains work. See, the brains are made to be controlled by an ESP32 with a web app. Um, so I, I do have a functional show, but my box isn't, my housing isn't really controlling it yet. 
So I could show a little bit of what the screen looks like, which, oh, can't get it over there. Oh, I think you can see it. <laughs> so um, it's right now showing an American flag animation I made, and then um, it's got these audio responsive modes that uh, kick in, depending on the music that's going on. So, uh, ah, so yeah, you know, a good bit of uh, complexity was inherited there. Oh, did you lose me? Uh, uh, got you, but you are sideways. <laughs> there you back. Okay. So, ah, uh, so now I'm nose deep in um, learning about I2C because uh, I'm using I2C for, of course, the new trial CD and um, and the UI code and all that stuff, but. Uh, I did get quite a That's... boost by adopting the other project and putting it into uh -huh. here instead of working on Arduino. So this will stuff. this will allow you to do programming of new uh, sequences from the box or or calling up existing stuff and modifying it. Yeah, it's going to be more about triggering it and modifying parameters in real time, mm -hmm. but it's for sort of a busking type thing, not just uh, letting you can put it in on auto and let it do its thing. But it's going to be all about kind of performing with it. Because that's really what I cool. like to, do, to perform light shows. So thanks for having me on. Yeah, that's great. Thank you so much for bringing that. Really impressive. I love a a, a cool and unique uh, handmade UI. You've done a really nice job with that. Yeah, cigar box power, man. You're right on. <laughs> Who needs thanks. a 3D we'll printer? Like this this only took me three weeks to carve. <laughs> that's <out>. right. <laughs> Very good. Thanks. Bye bye. All right, and uh, we have. Uh, just about three more people ready to show and tell some stuff. So we'll bring on Christopher next. Hey, Christopher. Hey, JP. It's it's an honor to be here. Nice to have you. What's happening? What have you got to show us today? Well, so these are the same panels that you used. Um, this is the big six millimeter pitch. Oh, yeah. And um, I have six of these guys to make a 128 by a 96 display. And awesome. They have the magnetic um, standoff posts, so those fit nicely with the braces on the frame. It holds them right there. And, of course, thanks to your recommendation, here is a, a piece of plastic from um, Oshpark. Not Oshpark. They're the ones that did the center board. From Tap Plastics. So that's a really good, uh, really good find there. There's a Raspberry Pi back there, and I'm using the Henner Zeller board to drive the display. And let's get it going. This is a USB sound card, uh, gamepad, USB gamepad. So I, I remade an old game that I used to play on the color computer called Megabug. And basically, the um, the mouth moves around and leaves a trail, and the bugs follow the trail and, and try to eat the player. It probably looks a lot better in person than it does. It looks really good, actually. That is a heck of a display you've made. <laughs> so um, you can do some things with the color map, like you can say, uh, outside the magnifier, the walls are invisible. Inside the magnifier, they're invisible, and that was the the gotcha sequence. And this is what it looks like um, if you win. If you eat all the dots, I can I can fake that. Uh, let's see here. So there you go. Thanks for the uh, tip on the uh, displays and for the uh, tap plastics. I had really good luck with tap plastics ordering that from across the country. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that is looking amazing. What a fun way to play uh, games on a, on a big juicy display like that with, with sort of nice pixely resolution. Yep. So that's it. Thank you so much, Christopher. Thanks for bringing that by. Really nice. Thank you. All right, and uh, next up we've got Orlando. Hey, Orlando. I didn't give you Hello much there. warning there, sorry. Oh, no worries. Can you hear me? I can, yes. 
All right, sweet. All right, so I'm here discussing my the next revision of my Bluetooth audio adapter. Uh, so a couple weeks ago, I said I was sort of making a Bluetooth audio module, working with a Bluetooth audio module uh, because of a class that I'm teaching. And so I wanted to make a little test board because um, my car does not have Bluetooth. It does have an aux cable, but I have an iPhone 7, which has a lightning connector. And I really hate those aux to lightning and that uh, lightning connector adapters, uh, the ones I've had just break a lot and I lose them a lot. Uh, so since I was toggling around with Bluetooth audio a bit, I figured why not just make a Bluetooth adapter and see how well it works. Uh, so I did a breadboard version of you know some breakout boards I found on SparkFun, and I sort of designed my first uh, printed circuit board prototype. <laughs> uh, a lot of flux there. Uh, you guys know how that is. Uh, long story short, the audio is terrible. <laughs> and then I sort of realized that when you do PCBs for audio, you have to really pay attention to grounding and all that type of thing and all those types of things. So I decided to do a different board. I'm not super familiar with, with um, uh, PCB designing for audio. Uh, so what I did was I first looked at the SparkFun breakout board that worked. And just to see, just to compare, um, time to share my screen, just to see what uh, in that board is different from my board. Um, so what I saw, what I noticed is that they just had like one big ground plane at the bottom. Uh, so anyway, this is actually my first board. Uh, here are the important components of Bluetooth audio module. It's the RN52 audio out power. Uh, and I put ground on both sides uh, in this case. So this is ground on the top. Uh, this is ground on the bottom, uh, but I figured there are probably a lot of ground loops here, and I know for audio that's really, really bad because you could hear that hum. Um, so you hear it whenever you have ground loops, you hear it's just a static hum. Um, I don't know if it was 50 hertz or whatever. It's apparently supposed to be 50 hertz. I didn't actually measure it, so I don't know what frequency it was, uh, and I've been told that that's, that's due to different ground loops. So I figured if I had a much, much bigger ground plane that's sort of um, continuous, uh, and this is the second version of it, so the ground is lit up and the ground is just on the bottom, not the top. You can see that it's basically just one full ground plane. I'm actually changed it from this picture so it looks more like this. It's exactly one big ground plane, pretty uninterrupted, not broken up. Uh, so I'm hoping, hoping that that works out a little bit, a lot better. Um, mm -hmm. so I'm just trying to work, work on my little Bluetooth module here, audio module, and so we'll see. I just sent this off to SparkFun a couple days ago, not SparkFun, sorry, Oshpark a couple days ago. Uh, so when it comes back in a couple weeks, I'll give it a go. Good. Oh, it's exciting. Good luck with that, and uh, good luck with stomping out the audio hum. I everyone always tells me that it's a sort of dark art uh, trying to <laughs> figure out some of these audio uh, noise issues in these circuits. Okay, cool. I'll look into it. Someone in the Discord said I need to do some via stitching uh, to make the uh, ground the same resistance on both sides or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, so I need to look into that as well. Good. Well, keep us posted as uh, as you get the new board in and iterate on it. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Orlando. Take care. Right. You too. And uh, we have a very special Colin to bring on. Colin will be our, our last guest today. So take it away. Colin. Hi, John. Hi. Nice to see you. Nice you know, I don't know about, I don't know about you, but watching world events, everything as they are, I get this odd, seemingly unrelated side effect that I really just, I've got a hankering for democracy. I want to vote as much as I can. We had a recent primary in New York, but um, I need more. I need my votes. Uh, so a mutual friend of ours actually suggested a therapeutic project which I just uh, assembled, which is Ooh. a keyboard which can only type the word vote. And unfortunately, probably don't have a focus in our favor at the moment. But uh, this is, uh, you know, straight up uh, keycaps. I somehow found a uh, 3U spacebar and a Teensy M0 on the side and um, quick PCB milled on the old other mill. And it's uh, pretty much it. You can type vote, Gorgeous. hit return, hit space, hit return, type vote again. Maybe you can write tove as well, Maybe. but basically vote, writing vote is the intended. Yeah, I'd focus uh, on you that. You can tell by the sequence basically, yeah. And um, you can use the space bar so you can type vote, 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 and then you, enter. Right? That's true. You know, there really are a lot of variations. You can probably get pretty far with this to tell you the truth. Some there might options. be a whole evolutional language, this kind of system of input. But, and uh, uh, that's beautiful, and I love it. And I want to ask a, a couple questions. Are you uh, using a switch, uh, an input per switch on a trinket, or do you have a like a diode matrix of some kind? How are you this, entering? This is a diode matrix. The diodes are underneath on this side of the board. I'm actually writing the code for it right now. And uh, yeah, 
it's gonna pull we've got uh it's actually set up so we have uh three columns and two rows so it's not totally set up it's not like four columns here it splits off the end and one of the top actually acts as it's in the bottom row but uh yeah it's pretty straightforward i've it's done them before lovely. with the itsy bitsy and it worked out well uh-huh yeah ah oh, it's beautiful Thank thanks you for thanks for viewing that. and and do do you think we'll get to see this in action at some point do you think we'll get a guide out of you on this will this i will type the word vote go? and record video of it multiple times and and uh and yes publish any related helpful or educational materials which i can uh, summon up from the process and then uh the the, the question on everyone's mind which key switches the oh you know normally i'll have something that kind of a fun oh check these out these are box kailwa but actually this time nothing weird these are just straight up uh i guess they're not cherry blacks they're gateron blacks i just had okay. a lot of them laying around and nothing and if you do go for weird. something like this you should yeah. use pcb mount with the stabilizers i uh, only have a plate mount around but uh, i won't get caught in the weeds there yeah so linear <laughs> heavy linear switches Vote. Yep. vote, vote, vote. Thanks, Colin. It's about all there is to it. Thank you, John. We play us out with some linear clicking, barely clicking. Yeah. You're supposed to cut me off at some point. I can't. I can't stop you important we have three more minutes so i'm good Yeah, yeah. Th thanks for just giving me my artistic pause there. I appreciate it. A little room. Someone's calling for an encore. Uh, hey, you know what? I just realized this is rude of me a little bit, but I was supposed to show something. Lamar asked me if I had something to show. And can I leave you on so I can show it to you so I don't feel like I'm just talking to the screen on something? All right. I would feel better if you did that. Yeah. It's sort of related, actually. Um, let me add a screen here. So this is an iPad app that looks like a synthesizer, and it is a synthesizer. Uh, but my project that I'm going to be working on tomorrow, my workshop, this little tease of it. This is a um, Bluetooth MIDI wireless. I can take this USB cable out so you don't think there's any shenanigans. So yeah, right, right, right. Uh, across. So it's a wireless uh, a BLE MIDI um, thing. I'm having the readout right there. Yeah, so you can see I'm sending a couple of streams of control change or continuous controller. Okay. On this is automated from 73 and 71. It's it's coming from the uh, accelerometer. Oh, from the accelerometer, right? Accelerometer there, so you can see that bottom number. It doesn't track oh, the yeah. screen too well. Uh, and uh, I'll I'll hit play, and you'll hear sounds. And this is connected as a, a Bluetooth MIDI device to the tablet. That's right. Oh yeah. So that's some delay. And that's some filter. Oh, this is great. So come on the show tomorrow. I'll talk about it. And if you want to join me and play some uh, vote keyboard and this, we'll uh, we'll finish this up. Get a combo going, yeah. I'm going to do All a right. full set. This is great. I have some ideas of how I could use this, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, that's it. We're out of time. And I think Ask an Engineer is next. So uh, thanks all for joining us. And uh, we'll see you on the next thing. Bye. Later. Bye, Colin.